Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, brought to you by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we have such an interesting topic. We're talking about cross-cultural kids. Joining me is Dr. Anisha Abraham. She's board-certified pediatrician and adolescent health specialist with 25 years of global experience. And of course, she's a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Abraham, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. As I said in my intro, what an interesting topic this is. Tell the listeners, what is a cross-cultural kid? Well, Melanie, thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, It's wonderful to be having this discussion about cross-cultural kids. Uh, What I do know is that more and more young people throughout the country are cross-cultural kids, and that essentially means a young person that's been exposed to more than one culture in their daily lives. And um, there's certainly many young people that have either moved from community to community, much less from country to country. Um, They have parents that are from different um, cultural or religious or ethnic backgrounds. They themselves may be immigrants to this country. Their parents may be immigrants. Um, In addition to that, um, they may have come as a refugee. Um, They may have come uh, to this country for other reasons. And um, certainly all of these young people um, have um, what I would say, this background of being a cross-cultural kid. And more and more, it doesn't just have to be physical in terms of their interaction with another culture. It can also be virtual. And a lot of young people are experiencing other cultural that way as well. It is such an interesting phenomenon, and we are absolutely seeing so much more of it. And with dreamers being at top of media, you know, we're hearing so much more about various cross-cultural kids. So why are you so excited to talk about this topic? How did you get involved in this? (laughs) Well, I have a very personal connection to this. Um, My parents came from South India, and I was born as um, an Indian American, um, and I grew up um, in Delaware, and um, at the time there were very few young people that had my same experience. In fact, when I was growing up, if you saw another Indian family, you would actually stop your car and say hello. Um, I was the first Indian American to graduate from my high school. Um, And so for me, this issue of identity and belonging and who am I and where is my tribe were really important questions, particularly during my teen and young adult years. Um, Since then, I've worked um, in many communities uh, with young people that are cross-cultural. I was um, a military physician in the U.S. Army for many years, where young people are, again, moving from community to community. Um, I've certainly worked um, with young people that also are refugees or have come from other countries. About 10 years ago, um, our uh, family moved abroad, and we lived for five years in Hong Kong and then um, for five years um, in Amsterdam, Netherlands. And so um, as a parent, I've also had the experience of taking care of young people um, and meeting my own children um, and having that cross-cultural experience and certainly working with other kids in other countries. Um, So I think as a parent, as a physician, um, and uh, certainly as a young person that's grown up um, in that experience, I'm very personally interested in the topic. What a cool story and what an interesting life that you have led, and I loved your your story about how Indian people would stop and say hi to each other because that, that does elicit in our minds such a warm, personal feeling. And for these kids now, it definitely 
it might be a different feeling, and especially in today's climate. So while we're speaking about that, what are some of the challenges that you've seen that they face that you would like to help parents of cross-cultural kids with? Right. Well, there certainly are some challenges, and they can include um, this issue of knowing who it is that they identify most. As I mentioned, when I was growing up, not seeing many other young people that looked like me or had that same experience made me really wonder, you know, who am I? Where do I belong? Who do I connect with most? You know, who is my tribe? And so those can be questions that young people can uh, grapple with. In addition to that, for people that are moving from place to place, um, they can also feel a tremendous sense of grief or loss. Um, I certainly um, know this from working again with young people in the military and expat community, and even as a parent of um, kids that have moved very recently back to the United States, um, there can be that tremendous sense of loss. So those can be big issues. Um, there's been a, um, certainly some research to support that adolescents can also be a more prolonged experience um, because uh, they aren't seeing a homogenous culture and not everyone else is like them. So that whole idea of testing and trying things out can be a little bit different during adolescence when you've had that cross-cultural experience. Um, so, so those are some of the things just to think about, um, again, when we have young people that are going uh, through this and, again, things that we need to be aware of. Well, I, I certainly can see when you're saying that how teens especially, who already have all kinds of self-esteem and things going on, really, and drama, would feel like this is really a challenge. So tell us first, let's start with the families, and then we'll get into the school system, the community, and the pediatrician as well. How can families support cross-cultural kids if they are doing what you did and moving from one distinct culture to another, where there is maybe a little culture shock, where there is a different language spoke, where the schools are different. Tell us what families can do if they're in this situation and really how's the best way to deal with it. Right, right. And we certainly will have to come back to what are some of the benefits because there are some also very important strengths that come along with this. Why don't you do that first then? <laughs> Why don't you talk about the benefits? Yes. Since we talked about the challenges, tell us how cool it is and how great it is to have this this influence of so many amazing cultures within yourself. I mean, I think it's just awesome. Right. Well, I, I think some of the wonderful things that come with it and certainly things that I've experienced um, myself uh, is also knowing that um, you can um, be more tolerant. You're more open to other views. Um, you can be more adaptable. And if you think about this, these qualities are so important for young people, particularly in our kind of increasingly polarized uh, country and world. Um, the other really wonderful strength that young people can have from having a cross-cultural experience can be the gift of language. And um, I certainly know as an adult trying to learn a new language in another country, it's much harder when you're an adult than when you're a child. And my own kids have picked up several languages um, during our experience. So that gift of language can be another wonderful thing that can come along with this. Uh, empathy um, is another one, cultural sensitivity. So these are all wonderful gifts that can come with having that exposure to more than one culture at a time. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and I think that kids that are not, and this isn't bashing anything, but they don't have that sense of what else is out there. And as you say, that increase of tolerance, that ability to see other people that are different and say, wow, I want to get to know that person. I want to understand 
their family and the way that they are and their foods and their, you know, the, the way, the things that they do, their traditions. I think that that is all wonderful. What you're doing is so cool. So now tell us how families can help. Well, probably the most important thing that I would recommend is having a conversation and talking about it. And you'd be surprised. I actually did a survey uh, to look into this issue. And um, again, this was a, a survey of about 360 parents and teens around the country. Um, so not a formal survey, but certainly just to get a sense of what some of these issues might be. And believe it or not, only half of young people said that they'd ever talked or received information about what it meant to be cross-cultural. And about 70% of parents had never really discussed these issues. And I can certainly say from my own um, upbringing, these were things that we really didn't talk about. Parents just assumed that we were going to do okay. And so I, again, would highly encourage parents to just have this conversation with their teenagers or their own children about, um, again, who is it that you identify with? Who is your tribe? You know, who are the circles or groups that you have friends in? What are the places or communities that you connect with right now? And what are harder for you? And what do you think of having this multicultural, cross-cultural life? Are there some areas that you think you'd like to perhaps improve in or things that are really challenging for you? So just starting by talking about it is so important. And maybe just to build on this concept of talking about it, I would also just add um, using storytelling. And we all have a story. Um, my own father came as an immigrant um, from South India on a Spanish cargo ship and spent six weeks um, on this, on this uh, ship where no one spoke any English um, and came to the United States. Um, my you know, German father-in-law had his own story during World War II of growing up during that time. And so we all have our own personal stories about our upbringing and growing up and sharing these stories, I think, is really important. Um, my third tip would be for families um, to really work on celebrating your unique roots and, um, and you know, ensuring that you build on those rituals and, and roots and customs um, as you are raising your own children. Um, in our own family, we have this real hodgepodge right now of Indian, German, and American traditions, and we've picked up a little bit of Dutch and Chinese along the way. And I think um, being able to celebrate that is really important. Um, giving the gift of language. We've talked about how this can be such a strength for young people, but it doesn't just happen on its own. Um, in fact, when I was growing up, my parents felt it was very important to speak in English. And that was, again, what was really encouraged at the time when I was um, a young person. And as a result, I never spoke back in our native language, Malayalam, perfectly so I can understand it but I can't speak it very well. And so encouraging kids not only to uh, hear the language, but also to speak it back and make sure that it goes both ways and, and giving that gift of language is really, really important. So these are some things just to think about in terms of families um, and what we can do to help young people that are cross-cultural. What great advice. And what about the schools and the community? I mean, because it would seem to me, I remember as a kid, that when we had maybe some exchange students from Guatemala or something, they stood up in front of the class and they, this is, we're talking, you know, 50 years ago. And oy, and certainly it was treated a little bit differently then, but I remember being so excited to meet these girls and to meet people and hear about it. So tell us what you want schools and the community to do to make these kids feel like they'll fit in anywhere. Well, I think that um, creating belonging and connections is so important with both schools and the local community, because when young people feel that they have connections that's protective, 
um, that gives them roots, that makes them feel good. When they don't feel connected, that's where they potentially can become vulnerable um, or, you know, not have those connections and not have those roots and may potentially be at risk for other issues. Um, so it, I think it's really important for uh, both schools and broader communities to think about how to create those connections. Um, and that can, um, in some ways, be through providing activities where young people can be involved and to meet other people um, that are from, you know, either the school or uh, the community. Um, it's also um, ensuring that there is ways to educate the community or the school about other customs or rights. And you just brought up, uh, again, having exchange students and how these students were able to get out and talk about those experiences in front of everyone else. So ensuring that schools have platforms to um, educate the broader community about some of the wonderful things that come out from these young people that have different backgrounds would be really important. Um, the other piece that I would mention is for schools that have young people that are coming from different backgrounds or even experiencing move and transition, being aware of that, um, certainly ensuring that they're doing well in terms of those issues related to grief and loss, um, also checking in to make sure that they're integrating well and that they're not feeling that they're being bullied or that they are um, not being able to kind of cope um, with any of the, the differences or transition or change is really important. And on, along those lines, you know, offering support, um, whether it's mental health or others, to ensure that that transition process goes well. As we wrap up, and again, I say what a great topic, what would you like to leave parents with about cross-cultural kids that they may have themselves or they may know in the neighborhood or their children may be friends with at school and ways that you want those parents to talk to their children so that there is tolerance because I think right now it is what we need to teach our children just top of the list. So tell parents what you'd like them to know about how you would want them to treat your children in this situation. Well, I think that you've really brought up an important issue, which is that tolerance is so important right now. And this cross-cultural experience does create um, a greater sense of tolerance, but this is something that we want all families to be thinking about. And so um, ensuring that all of our kids um, are thinking um, as global kids and that we are encouraging our young people to become global citizens, ones that can treat each other with respect and with tolerance and with openness and kindness would be some of the things that I would encourage families to think about. And along those lines, if they don't um, understand, you know, opening themselves up to talk and to ask and to connect with people that might look different or have different backgrounds, maybe just one piece of that. Certainly well said. And thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Abraham, and telling us really interesting stories and the ways that we can all come together as communities because we need that so badly right now. So thank you again. You're listening to Healthy Children, where all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. Of course we do. Share this show with your friends and family. Share it with whoever you think in the community maybe needs to hear what Dr. Abraham was saying today. I know a few myself, and I'm sure you do as well. So share this show, and we can all learn together from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Healthy children, stay well.